three, two, one. Hello, beautiful ladies, and welcome to today's podcast, where we're going to be talking about 10 things you should know before becoming a wife. This is Sardonicast. I'm Adam from Your Movie Sucks, and that was a intro <laughs> from a popular YouTuber, Classically Abby, who is Ben Shapiro's sister. <laughs> who else oh, is yeah. here? Yeah. <laughs> I'm YouTube.com slash Ralph the Movie Maker. I'm Alex Maichi, and uh, thanks for reminding us all of Abigail. Oh, yeah. she's uh, <laughs> Thank you. She's uh, really blowing up on the platform. She's, Have you uh, watched any of her videos? She's She likes the traditional kind of life. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, <laughs> I've dabbled. I've dabbled in the content. Uh, Sadly, I haven't. No. no. Oh, you should really, uh, you should check it out. You should check out her singing, at least. Oh, yeah. Okay. Lots of vibrato. Mm-hmm. Lots and <laughs> lots of vibrato. We got some movie news. Some very unfortunate movie news. Disney is closing Blue Sky Studios because they are owned Damn. by Fox, the studio that made such classics as Ice Age. and No more Rio? I guess <laughs> maybe also Rio 2. No I Rio sequels. No. <laughs> well, they made Rio 2 already, didn't they? I Yes, haha. Uh, I think the Peanuts movie, maybe I should have had this open. Uh, <laughs> the tab here. Anyway, I think this is uh, probably not good. <laughs> I don't like yeah. the idea of uh, absorbing companies and then just shutting a bunch of things down. It's like, I guess you're allowed to if you own them. Like, that's a part of it. But I don't know. It just reminds me of like EA stuff, you know? Yeah, a bit. I guess the difference is, though. Like with EA, when they were shutting down studios, they were shutting them down when they were, they were great producers, like the Dead Space guys, mm-hmm. you know, Bioware and everything. Here, Blue Sky Studios released, like, yeah, Ice Age, Spies in Disguise, I guess, was their last movie. Oh, Epic that was, was a 2013 movie they released. Even I haven't seen that. Robots 2005. Yeah, it's all kind of the middling kind of... <laughs> That kind of animated movie that was always shocked was able to keep being released anyway. But I guess uh-huh. Ice Age just made Ferdinand. enough money. They made some Ferdinand, good yeah. movies over ten years ago. <laughs> they, they were going to make a comeback eventually. I swear. Yeah, it's not like I love them as a studio. It's not like I'm really passionate about their movies or anything. It's just it seems weird. It seems weird to swallow up a company and then start shutting things down. Like, if if the reason for shutting that down is because it's just like not super profitable or as profitable as like the blockbuster films that they would be doing in the regular 20th Century Fox stuff, then what's to stop them from shutting down? I don't know Fox Searchlight or some shit. You know, it's like that's just indie movies. You know? Yeah, I guess indie movies are a bit less expensive. Yeah, they're just like paying for licensing yeah it it is concerning but yeah just looking at like a, a list of like the 20 plus movies they've released i, I don't know there's like one that i think's pretty good that being the charlie brown movie oh yeah you like that i mean I yeah I, I mean out of everything that's here it's the it's the only one i really because <laughs> ice age hasn't aged the best robots was I don't know, quite irritating. I've seen Robots and Ice Age, yeah. <laughs> those were their first two. They were just two. like those early <laughs> 2000s, yeah, the movies that are just memed really hard by a certain 
generation. That yeah, grew most up of their films didn't grab me really. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that invested in them. I like I say Rio. just fine for like kids. Rio, yeah, I heard that was okay when I was younger. I don't know how it would yeah. hold up at this point, but I don't have negative memories of it at least. The Ice Age movies are fine for like families. Yeah, the first couple were right. Yeah, I like the first Ice Age, but I hated the child, and that's about it. Otherwise, the movie is good. Yeah, child was annoying. (laughs) As is what happens in movies, especially movies aimed at children. (laughs) Well, I guess uh, nobody's shedding a tear for Blue Sky Studios. (laughs) Not me. (laughs) You are uh, are the most weirdly. I mean, I just. I like animation. I don't I don't like yeah, I do the too, idea just... of just like a bunch of people losing their jobs in a pandemic who are artists and animators already get treated like shit, you know, and I don't know. There's just a bunch of things about it that just I don't know. Wait until after the pandemic maybe or try to produce a movie with this studio and see how it works under new direction before just completely deciding to abandon it or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm just illogical because I'm not like a soulless business person or something. I don't know, but <laughs> it just makes me feel weird. The Disney, uh, they probably just shifted them all over onto whatever they're doing next with the Moana or whatever. Uh, possibly. There were like a few uh, commenters in a Reddit thread saying that they worked there and were just fired. So I don't know if they're just oh, fake no. comments or, you know, take that with a grain of salt, I guess, but... I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me just <laughs> given how animators are treated in the first place. Yeah, I guess I'm just really jaded when it comes to <laughs> just animators' perspectives in the industry mm-hmm. in terms of they've just been screwed over for so long. Like, it's not even shocking or surprising yeah. in the slightest. There's a, I mention this documentary all the time. There's like a 30-minute documentary called Life After Pi, and it was about the studio that uh, did the animation for Life of Pi, uh, everybody check that out because it is uh, really eye-opening and kind of sad just (laughs) how animation is uh, used in the film industry really exploitatively, 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 in an exploitative way, however I'm going to phrase that. Pi is a really beautiful looking movie and I won the Oscar Oscar. for that. And then they shut down. Yeah. (laughs) They cut the mic at the Oscars, like, right as soon as they were talking about their company going out of business. They're like, we're facing some financial hardships. And then they just started playing the music. It was so sad. It's really disturbing. Yeah. All right. I guess we're going to talk about something uh, more fun, I guess. Uh, Nicolas Cage is in a movie. And he didn't say a single word. And it's called Willy's Wonderland. The Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Yeah, everybody says in. that i don't know if That's i, what I want to say that though because then no. then it implies some kind of ownership over the idea of like creepy animatronics you know it implies that five but nights that's of what it's going kind of in, for invented that i don't know they know that's what people like but and they're like, just like marketing something similar as that like as a product it's a flea market version <laughs> I I, um, I I don't know if it counts as spoilers. Any FNAF? We're spoiling uh, it. Fans. Spoiler warning. <laughs> let, let's spoil uh, Willy's Wonder. Is it Willy's or Wally's? Because Willy's Wonderland. Okay. Like Willy Wonka. Yeah, on IMDb, I don't know if it's just a UK thing. It has like a different name. Like, oh. Wally's Wonder. Yeah. That's yeah. I didn't oh. get why they because 
Yeah, I don't understand. Maybe more people refer to a penis as a willy in the UK or something. And they didn't want to make it a penis movie. That's a conspiracy. (laughs) I don't know. Fake news. (laughs) I don't know about that. I did find the similarities between FNAF quite quite striking. I'm not a huge FNAF fan, so... Um, neither am I, to okay. be honest, but I did watch the Market Pie videos, so I, I have oh, like a basic knowledge the and ultimate. a couple of like game theory. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I've got <laughs> I've got the, the education on this, but it's like a it's like a big thing in the FNAF lore, the 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 bite of '87 or whatever. That's also been memed hardcore now. The audio clip of uh, Markiplier saying that, but okay, there's a there's a scene in the movie where they do like a flashback to the the main animatronic and it's like a really similar idea to the oh the fnaf backstory oh, interesting. just I like there that. were murders i mean isn't that every horror movie though like that's this has been well, done to death before five nights of freddy's are you arguing it's not like five nights of freddy i'm not arguing <laughs> I, i'm not saying okay we're, we're i'm the guy remember the kimba video i'm not saying that it is 100 percent not inspired by or not a ripoff i'm saying that it is entirely possible for this film to have been conceived in the exact way it is right now without Five Nights at Freddy's ever existing. I don't consider it to be like a ripoff. At at worst, it's capitalizing off of a popular trend in the same way that like a lot of vampire movies came out after Twilight. A lot of penguin movies yeah. came out after March of the Penguins. But I I'm I would never go as far to call as to say it's like a ripoff just based off of what I know of fnaf which isn't that much but i've played the first two games for like i don't know 20 minutes each before giving up because they were stupid and it was like the mechanics of the game (laughs) were like the gameplay experience like if nicholas cage was a person in a security room checking cameras and closing doors and all that shit then i'd be like okay it's obvious but like otherwise this just really seemed like oh this is like a dumb cheesy campy horror movie that's a lot more like other dumb cheesy horror campy movies than it is like Five Nights at Freddy's. It's just using animatronics. That's it. Like as the creepy thing. That's it. I don't know. But like, please do add to this if you're more familiar with FNAF, <laughs> I guess. I like the lore you're saying, Alex. Thank you. My main issue or criticism with the movie was uh, Nicolas Cage, actually. Like oh? he wasn't in the movie enough, I thought. Oh. I would have really? liked uh, more of him beating the shit out of animatronics, which I thought was the, the fun part of the movie. Especially the first fight, the first few, where mm-hmm. were like really fun. And also, Nicolas Cage, he doesn't talk in this film at all. Yeah. He's like a silent protagonist, which is a great reason for him to not have to memorize lines. Yeah, yeah. And that's really <laughs> how it came across for me. Like Mandy, he was mainly, he was like a very quiet character in Mandy or something like that, but he still talked yeah. and still felt like he gave Stoic a shit. And, and this mute. one was like... Yeah, the whole movie just, it was so cheap. The whole movie felt so dirt cheap. And Nicolas mm-hmm. Cage is just kind of phoning it in. And then, like, the whole, I, I thought it was like Five Nights at Freddy's, like, just from the basic premise of it. And I'm using, I'm guessing they had it as like a comparable or like, yeah, this is like a Five Nights at Freddy's movie and trying to sell it that way. They didn't, they, they obviously had to like throw Nicolas Cage in instead of getting the brand of, of Five Nights at Freddy's, which was a good call. They put, uh, I think, more money toward that. But, I mean... Yeah, it seems it like they're so trying to similar, beat... I thought. This, it's like a Chuck E. Cheese movie. kind of thing. Like, you, you take the Chuck E. Cheese animatronics and make it kind of horror-themed. You know, Five Nights at Freddy's did that, and I think this does it, too. Yeah, and, and FNAF, the FNAF movie has been in development for ages or whatever, or been a 
a whisper yeah. in the industry for ages. And yeah, and it was probably never going to come out. It's like that Slenderman movie that took like ten years to come mm -hmm. out. It was already irrelevant. So they just. I like that this movie just jumped on it and and like made a similar premise. Like I don't know how much I would criticize it for that, but it's definitely similar. <laughs> like they just wanted to do that, and they're like, oh, we could get Nicolas Cage. Fuck yeah, he just fights a bunch of animatronics, and that's the whole movie. Um, or at least the the best parts of the movie is just him fighting the, these like. Uh, did you like the designs of them as well? The the weasel and like there's this fucking gorilla thing <laughs> that was really funny. I liked the animals. I wasn't as crazy about the the dancer ones as much. Yeah, because that one looks just looked like a an actor with a helmet on or something like a mask. The suits were shitty. They were dumb. Uh, <laughs> it was either like at any given moment it was either like some shitty CG or maybe just CG for the eyelids yeah, or terrible CG. just some dude in a fursuit and it never like sure they bled like oil or whatever and so the implication is like oh these are all robotic animatronic things but like even when they're not fighting him even when they're just like doing the same motion over and over on stage pretending to be animatronics it's just so obviously a dude in a suit like Get somebody who's, like, really talented at doing the fucking robot dance or some shit. Get somebody who can actually move their body in that way to make it look like they're doing robotic movements. They just really didn't... I don't know. It, it wouldn't have been that hard to find yeah. somebody who has, like, a breakdancing background and just being like, hey, you want to wear this suit for, like, 20 minutes or something just for some of those shots? Like, that's an easy thing they could have done to make it more believable. That was a and criticism they didn't do it. I had. That was, like... All, really all of the like animatronics were just guys in suits, and I, there was no variety really. To, they never like, felt like, like animatronics. Like, even like the the what's the what do we don't hug me? I'm scared. There's like yeah. a variety of puppets in that. There's a guy mm -hmm. in a suit, and then there's like a hand puppet, and there's like you know a different or even Sesame Street. There's hand puppets and guys in suits, and then big suits. This was all just like a guy in a suit. It was like six of those, and it all looked the same, and it was very. Mm -hmm. It got kind of boring, except the first thing. Like the animatronic had like a giant neck and it was like flipping around and that was like the bad CG part of it. But that was like the only yeah, like creature that had some variety to it uh, aside from just a guy in a suit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it felt very kind of like one trick. Like the movie only had one real joke or hook, which was just Nick Cage killing the FNAF dolls over and over again. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't really like this movie very much. Um. I I I was I didn't have a high expectations and I don't really have the same like Nicolas Cage love boner thing that a lot of people do <laughs> so I was I was ready for him and I, actually he was the main thing that was keeping me going but as you said he wasn't really in it enough or expanded on enough or huh. I don't know what it is with him it, it doesn't carry the movie enough for me because they they fall back onto this group of like other people the in typical you know horror movie fashion of, of this kind of caliber they're just all completely throw away awful dialogue terrible performances yeah. not invested in anything Cliche they do characters. or say so yeah they're so just there to I get just killed by the animatronics yeah. so yeah when, i wasn't really that invested in the the kills or anything or what the the, the law behind the whole situation the really wasn't much that kept me going to be honest was... yeah that whole story was actually pretty bad of like the it was like her stepdaughter that she found after killing like the sheriff would would lure people into the Five Nights at Freddy's place and then kill yeah. them. The animatronics would like eat them or something, and then like it them, happened yeah. to be this couple, and then their little girl was there, and this sheriff raised her 
to like and that's like who the main character is and now she's going back to like the five nights at freddy's place i'm like what the fuck is this whole thing and, and why is this even necessary to like because i just want to watch Nicolas cage fight like these animatronics that's and like so that funny. character i don't know like the, there was points where she was fighting animatronics and that was fine but like most of the characters one of the, one of the guys was like a viner i don't know if you i don't know if you oh, know who that was it was like, like a the, real, it was like the white real guy vine boy yeah, and then the girl he in it plays like, like it. I guess the the cliche <laughs> slut kind of character in yeah. it. She's like a YouTuber. Or she, oh, really? She did like YouTube videos. Oh, yeah, this is making it's me like, like it all more. these like internet hilarious. personalities, viners, and YouTubers. That That's like, interesting. Who, who are all these people? <laughs> and then they just get killed. Yeah, real quick. I'm not like so much offended by this movie because it's basically just a shit post. I think it's pretty self aware. <laughs> I think it. I think it. Yeah. I think it kind of knows what it is a lot more than a bunch of other movies that like this this didn't lean way too hard into like the serious emotions when it easily could have and perhaps maybe i my experience of this is a bit uh influenced by the fact that i watched another nicholas cage movie called prisoners of the ghost land uh like a week or two before this one <laughs> that was so much more boring and took itself so much more seriously and was like just more right, pretentious yeah. and just like yeah, it was it was more irritating to watch than this one, and mostly just because this one was more comedic. It knew what it was. It, you know, it didn't pretend to be something that it wasn't. Yeah, I really wanted to like it because just mm -hmm. from the premise, I was into it. But I, I, I have so many criticisms with it mm -hmm. that I actually want to make a full review of it too. Because because okay. I don't know, I find it interesting. But yeah, I had so many problems with it that just they took me out of the movie. Mainly, it was just it looks so cheap. It was that cheap production oh, yeah. value. The whole movie takes place in like this abandoned warehouse, you know, and it has like a sign on mm -hmm. the front that says whatever it's called, Willy's Wonderland, <laughs> and like that's it. Like the whole movie takes place there and in the woods. And the the actual like look of the film itself, I don't know. I thought it looked pretty bad. The the lighting and uh, just the way it was presented. A lot of like quick cuts. There was yeah, the points where was, like a lot of flashing lights and yeah, so editing many Dutch was, angles too. Yeah, yeah, Dutch angles were bad. So, it, so I don't know. I, I, I'm more with you, Adam. Where I wanted to, like, I thought it was fun, and uh -huh. I, I really got into the fun tone. But I wish it was actually better executed. Oh, of course, because one hundred percent. If there were these, like, if the fights were actually really cool, if it yeah. was better paced and more Nick Cage and less of these like dumb characters and this plot, I don't give a shit about. Uh -huh. I, I actually would have given it like three and a half, or you know, something a little higher. Even though it's goofy, at least it's fun. Yeah, yeah, like that's you're what. Saying keeps it as a shit post movie is because they didn't really try <laughs> um yeah exactly the, the the opening scene you know typical horror movie sort of thing like okay we're gonna show some deaths at the beginning before we get the main character in here the plot's gonna roll right but the purpose of those scenes in a horror movie is to try and give people a taste of like what kind of danger they're to expect in this film it kind of removed the tension because right away before seeing anything, it's just like, oh, so this is how the action is going to be handled with a lot of quick cuts and flashy, dumb, shitty editing yeah. and like nothing really happening on screen and just cheesy bullshit with bad acting. It's like, that's where you're supposed to scare people. And so then the next 20, the, the whole first act of the movie happens. There's these like quiet scenes with like Nicolas Cage doing the cleaning. You don't really know what's going to happen, but like, at that moment, it would have been so much more effective. It would have actually had some tension if they didn't ruin the experience of, like, all the horror in the first 
five seconds of the movie because now it's mm-hmm. just like oh what's going to happen to Nicolas Cage it's just going to be a bunch of dumb bullshit that's not scary whereas like if they didn't show that at the beginning then you know parts of the first part of the movie would have been somewhat effective I guess <laughs> I don't know yeah it didn't seem to spend much time trying to establish a horror tone even in any serious way you're right it yeah. does just feel like a shit post and like <laughs> I don't know about you yeah. guys, but the whole allure of Nicolas Cage to me is often the delivery of his lines, and he has no lines. I'm uh-huh. not like I don't love Nicolas Cage because of his body language and the way he's so subtle. You know, like so. Yeah. I just didn't get much out of his character. Like the 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 idea of him fighting these animatronics is fun, but he's he his personality is boiled down to this, I guess, kind of autistic tick thing that he does where he's like drinking soda and doing this routine which is yeah. at least that's something i guess but i don't know I, I felt like without nicholas cage you don't really have a movie here but they didn't do anything that interesting with nicholas cage himself i think it did enough that people will you know people who are looking for like a dumb fun nicholas cage thing drunk movie or whatever i think that most people will probably get something out of it if that's what they're looking for um mm-hmm. and yeah i agree that like line delivery is prime nicholas cage i don't know it's like there's also <laughs> this element of like a him just essentially being the same character in every movie like i'm not watching him play characters i'm just wa- watching nicholas cage right <laughs> yeah and then like also just i don't know he's kind of resurging recently as like this b movie star He's this is like his career now. He's not doing serious movies anymore. He's just doing like crazy horror movies and stupid shit. And so I don't know. I feel like people who already have the past five, maybe 10 years of Nicolas Cage's uh, repertoire in mind, they'll probably get what they expect out of this. I don't think he necessarily needs to yell in every movie, although that is a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, I just kept thinking about Mandy and how much I would be prefer to watch prefers you watching that movie mm-hmm. yeah you know, for that kind of horror 80s vibe that movie was it's, trying much more than this one was <laughs> it's competent at what it does yes it's very confident and i thought nicholas cage was it actually tries. quite good in that movie again playing a similar kind of character he is quiet in that movie but he yells and he has moments where you're like oh he's actually acting and here it was a uh, it, was, it was almost like he was trying too hard to be cool and I guess I got some ironic enjoyment out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, he puts on the sunglasses and walks out of the place, like, badass guitar music playing. But, um, yeah, that... it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't I take it seriously. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how you could. But I love cringe. It's like, yeah, my yeah I do too. Thing. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, <laughs> when it comes I down really to, I really wanted to like Willy's Wonderland. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to. A lot of complaints. My, uh, my least favorite aspect of it would have to be the score. So there's like some diegetic music in there that's like not bad. Like mm-hmm. the songs, like when he kicks the uh, radio or whatever and the song starts playing, like, oh, the happy birthday. Like, that's funny. You know, it's it's supposed to be bad sort of thing. And like, I get it. Yeah, but then the actual score of the film where they're using like such shitty sounding like synthesized string instruments, it like completely unironically reminds me of like, the score for like a shitty television show 
for kids in like 2005 in Canada or something. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. they they didn't try at all with the score. Like you could have found someone who could do a better job for free than whoever they found for that movie. Like holy shit, it was so bad. <laughs> yeah, I like the Happy Birthday song though. Yeah, they put some work into that one. Yeah, the uh, writer is actually credited. I'm looking up on IMDb for uh, parts of the songs, like those diegetic songs. I don't know if he wrote them, but he's credited with at least the lyrics, uh, which yeah. I guess makes sense. All right. Um, I'm also reading here that uh, the film is actually based on a 2016 short film that he made called Wally's Wonderland, and they had to change the name due to rights issues. So, like, some sort of, I don't know, it was... Wally is it was already Wally World? Else. I have no Wally idea. Wally World it was like, like a, a National Lampoon? Because that's I what no I was idea. thinking. <laughs> Legal issues. <laughs> it does sound it similar. Willies. Wally's Wonderland and then um, Wally World. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, 2016 short film, if we were to imagine that this is similar, the first Five Nights at Freddy's came out 2014, so it would pretty much mm-hmm. fall in line with that. And even if this film is just, you know, based off of his short film, you know, even if the whole movie itself isn't necessarily something that is based off of five nights at freddy's who knows it's there's a good chance that that's why it was like greenlit and why people were willing to produce it you know yeah i think that's more what i'm saying okay they could be going for different markets too like five nights at freddy's i could think is geared more toward like younger like tweens or teenagers and this is like i this is still like immature as hell but it's it's like a rated r movie it's really bloody and violent i don't know if they could have gone that that route if Mm -hmm. it was based on like that ip and i'm glad it's like a goofy bloody the horror movie yeah animatronics yeah it's funny i would love this movie if i were like 13 It'd be a good 13 <laughs> movie, you know? Yeah, I probably would. Yeah. It had a $5 million be dollar budget. the best movie I've ever seen, maybe. It's my best. It's the best movie of the year. <laughs> how much That's of that $5 million went straight to Cage's pocket? Do I don't know how much Half. it costs to get him. I don't, I'm not willing to say that he was paid a million or more on this film. That's probably why also they, uh, half of the movie wasn't him. And just like the kids, you know? They probably yeah, filmed so, his... Yeah. He didn't have to memorize any lines... Like it was <laughs> no. very limited location. He probably <laughs> got all of his scenes done in like two or three days. Like <laughs> they probably didn't have to pay him like that much, considering like what he did in the movie. <laughs> and I don't know. Yeah, that's like what I week. mean. He didn't really do anything. <laughs> I wonder. He fought some animatronics. Like that part was cool. I wonder if it was above or below a million dollars for this movie. I wonder. I want to know how much it cost yeah. to like get Nicolas Cage in your movie in the lead role because he does a lot of those his IMDB is like there's like six movies a year at least you oh, know, of, of him just being the <laughs> lead so role many. in some shitty horror movie that took him like a week to film <laughs> and I mean he's finding success at it which is really his name is still popular he's still a name actor there's a market I mean I love it I love this shit always always Nicolas Cage stuff to look forward to yeah Fucking uh, Adam Wingard is going to be directing a face-off movie. Like a sequel? Apparently, according to his Instagram or something, it's a sequel. It's like a reimagining. A reimagining of a face-off. I like the original face-off. I watched it recently. Yeah, it's it's really funny. funny. John Woo, goofy Mm -hmm. action. Fuck, he's going to be in the... uh, 
untitled Joe Exotic project as Joe Exotic. I forgot about that. They're doing like a fucking uh, recreation of like um... Tiger King shit. That's so funny. (laughs) Damn. Quite good casting, actually. Oh, yeah. He was in Spider-Verse. Yeah. He's a noir Spider-Man. I was going to mention. Yeah. He's done a lot of good roles recently. Wasn't he Superman in, I think, the Lego movie or something? Like, something Mm. like that. Oh, yeah, because he was supposed to be... So, was it, who was making that Superman movie? Was it Tim Burton or something weird like that? Yeah, he wanted to play Timmy Superman, Nicolas Cage. This was yeah. a while ago. Uh, I think he's a little yeah, too old Yeah, in the 90s now. or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Um, is uh, anything else we want to say about this movie? I've got one other note No, I I'd like to review it like in yeah. full, because I have... I don't know. I have a lot to say about Willy's Wonderland or uh, the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. <laughs> whatever you want yeah. to call it i thought it was solid for like what it is i definitely don't regret watching it but it, i think it could have been better mm-hmm. i think it could add more nick cage fighting even more animatronics it could have really i felt like the movie kind of peaked in the first 20 minutes as well in terms of all the fighting like there's a really a large like a uh, large gap of this movie where there's no like awesome battles or anything mm-hmm. they're just like setting up characters and nicholas cage walking around and it's oh god it's fucking boring um overall i don't know two and a half two out of five yeah. <laughs> if that's what yeah i think i'd go like around there i originally gave it one and a half but i'm like uh, oh, it's a little it was fucking fine it was like mm-hmm. entertaining at least yeah but it's, i like i don't know that's probably just more my guilty pleasure like giving it a higher rating than like the actual objective quality of the movie. It's actually pretty bad. Okay. So, yeah. That's well, if you want to watch it, watch it. I don't rating. know. Yeah. <laughs> I'd give it a one and a half. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's trying to do a few different things, I guess, but I just wish it would, would have dedicated itself to actually just trying to commit to one and try to make a good movie instead of like a shit post. Like a, you have the, the ideas all set out with all the costumes and everything you could have at least tried to make it at least a little bit horrific in some way or on the opposite end if you want it to be more of a goofy 80s comedy thing have better jokes have better presentation or something man it needed something to carry it and the only thing they really had was a silent nicholas cage which just ain't enough for me so yeah one and a half stars yeah i get that yeah if they if they would have had like an 80s style soundtrack like 80s throwback or something like fucking uh yeah it follows I or that. i guess uh what's that adam winger mo- the guest or something if they if they would have done that <laughs> then the, that, the movie would have been so much better just from the soundtrack alone i didn't find any of the fight scenes really to be like great or epic so i don't know I, what yeah, i was getting same. out of the movie was just the dumb shit post thing that's what i got out of it that's what I was expecting. That's what I was essentially looking for. I would have loved something that would have tried. Don't get me wrong. And once again, I, you know, it, it was a refreshing experience because I had recently watched Prisoners of the Ghostland, which there are people mad at me for not liking because they're stands of the director, even though they haven't seen the movie because it was a Sundance thing and it's not like publicly released yet. <laughs> One of those, I guess. Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, yeah you uh, I'm uh, probably a four and a half, five. Um, I'm leaving it a five for now. I don't really feel bad about it. It wasn't a waste of time. There was a lot of stupid shit, but everything that was stupid in the movie, I found to be more funny than frustrating. And that's what really helped my experience. Like 
She's like the tallest air vent in the world. I'm like, haha, that's stupid. These oh, kids yeah, are just fucking, fucking going hilarious. in. Like, we gotta go in there <laughs> was, one at a time. Huge. I'm like, this is fucking dumb. Like, it doesn't care, so I don't care, you know? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it was a movie. Probably never see it again. If, uh, <laughs> if you yeah, want to see something like that, then go watch it. The, uh, the large air vent was really funny. That it was, was so stupid. <laughs> if you want a better version of this kind of movie, watch Mandy. That's like this. Yeah. They're so different better cinematography and better. Well, it was, they're both like B movies, but I'd say Mandy's a bit more artful and actually like much more entertaining. Yeah, the music's really good in that film. Mandy is like an art piece that is pretending to be a B movie. You know, kind of. Yeah. Perhaps. It's like the the B movie elements in Mandy are so intentional that it's weird to call it a B movie. You know, the director has a really weird name in that, yeah. <laughs> that film. If he had like made this with that same style, I feel I would have really liked it. If he had made this with his same style, it would have been much more slower. <laughs> it, he he <laughs> needs to understand. That's my one criticism with that director. It's same thing with his previous film, Beyond the Black Rainbow. It's like, fuck, I love what you're doing visually and like the aesthetic and everything. But like the pacing is like there are huge chunks of the movie were that are really slow that was like my one criticism with both of his movies anyway uh ralph and i saw a film from uh sam levinson who is responsible for hbo's euphoria which i've seen every episode of now and i really love Mm -hmm. he directed a movie called malcolm and marie starring john david washington and zendaya Zendaya. One word, Zendaya or Zendaya? I have no idea. I always say Beyonce instead I think of Beyonce. Zendaya. I have no fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> you should have two names. I pronounced, I pronounced Luca's name wrong. Oh! Uh, from last episode. Please wait, help. I'm gonna. Please help me. Wait. <laughs> I've, been, I've been trying to figure this one out for so long. Luca Guadagnino. Guadagnino? Guadagnino. Luca Guadagnino. This sounds no different than last time you said it, though. I can't Guadino. tell the difference. Guadagnino. Go near that one. All right. I said it wrong. I'll just okay. I, I just next time I do a review, that. I'll just take the audio. Audio. Can you just ha- do a clean take and then I'll just splice it in? All right. I'll be silent now. Do a clean take here. Luca Guadagnino. Okay. I'll use that. Guadagnino. All right. Perfect. Okay. Um. Yeah, it was a movie, and a lot of people watched it because of the actors in it. Uh, and also, it yeah, was on was Netflix. It. That's also another big reason why a lot of people watched it. Uh, not sure if everybody who watched it is like familiar with, uh, I guess, the writer-director. Uh, because there's a lot of passionate uh, response to this movie. And although I understand where people are coming from, I don't understand the people who are acting like this movie ruined their fucking life or something. Uh, what did you think, Ralph? <laughs> it's a very divisive movie, I guess, because what they talk about. There's a large section of the movie they're just talking about, like, critics and, like, complaining about the reviews or whatever. I'm like, okay. And then at the end of the movie, I just gave it three stars. I'm like, I didn't give a fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> three out of five? Yeah, the, the, it was fine. It was fine. I thought okay. uh, John David Washington's a pretty good actor, and Zendaya, I thought, w- was, um, she she was a bit inconsistent, but for the most mm-hmm. part, she was okay. 
Yeah. But for the most part, I think people criticize the movie for like the director's ramblings. It's basically just like a movie about two people arguing in their their large mansion or it's I guess it's a rental home, right? Like the studio gave it to them. Sure. Did you feel that way consistently throughout the entire movie or were you into it at first and then it dropped off or like Well, I'd say like the first 20 minutes I was I was into it. And I was waiting for it to go somewhere. But then it, it's the really a whole film is just a fucking argument and it's not even where it's not like the before sunrise before sunset before midnight movies where you, you like get to really know the characters and then they have conflict and argue here it's just like right off the bat they're they're actually kind of unlikable because mm-hmm. you know he just won or he just like had a great premiere and he's just like fucking bitching and then <laughs> she starts arguing and it's like oh my god this this is just so obnoxious the whole fucking film uh, but it was actually pretty well done technically, and I think maybe I would give it more points for that. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you felt about those two main characters, but I, I kind of I grew to find them unlikable as the movie went ac- along, and that kind of took me out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, I, so, I totally uh, yeah. understand. Yeah, um, yeah, I was into it, I guess, at first, but then they were so unlikable. It just kept going on for so long, the fucking mm-hmm. arguing. Yeah, um, I would say that that's its biggest problem by the end of it is that like it it turns into something that's like unrelatable so it's an hour and 46 minutes long and i was totally fucking into it i feel like i was getting generally what the movie wanted me to for the first hour and 10 minutes and then somewhere between the hour and 10 minute to hour and 15 minute mark is when it wasn't just like one event but it was like everything felt up until that point, like a logical building off of each other's response sort of conversation. And it felt like things were kind of like in a spot where they could conclude. And then it kept going. But it's not the fact that it kept going. It kept going in a way that seemed very unnatural. Like, like obviously, the goal of the film is to keep it going. But that's not what I should be seeing in that moment. I should be seeing the characters and just somewhere along the line, it got lost, and it was very unfortunate, because I, re- I was pretty into it for the first hour and ten minutes. It's well shot. I don't understand why it's in black and white, but that's okay, I guess. Um, it's very theatrical, and I was going into this fully expecting the whole movie to just be a conversation between two people. Like I knew that that's what it was before going into it, and perhaps that made my experience better. What's weird about it is um, I liked... Zendaya, Zendaya, I don't know. I liked her a lot more before coming into this movie, and I liked John David Washington a lot less. But in this movie, it's the complete opposite. I thought that he did a really great job, and she was pretty inconsistent, like you said. I don't feel like she matched her character all that great. Uh, She's amazing in Euphoria. I love her in Euphoria. And then John David Washington was just like so fucking bland and lifeless in Tenet that I just <laughs> couldn't couldn't imagine him doing something that I liked. And then he was actually pretty good in this. Um, yeah, I like his character a lot. In this. Well, I, it was I believable. Like, I like his like, performance in it. it. Yeah, he's very believable. Yeah. Zendaya was there was points where she was supposed to be really emotionally distraught, and I just didn't really believe she was yeah. that upset. Like, she seemed upset, but it was more, like, annoyed rather than really, like, fucking pissed off or, well, you know, upset. Uh, yeah, even in the uh, moments yeah, that I, I liked, there were was... weird moments like that. Like, even in the whole first mm-hmm. hour and ten minutes, there are some shots and, you know, moments where, <laughs> where I'm like, eh, I'm not really buying you 
Zendaya. Like that whole uh, lip quivering in the bathtub thing just felt like a little strange. I don't know, a little off. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was her fault. I don't know if it was the writing or directing, you know, like it's all up in the air, I guess, in that way. But like, I don't, I, there were, there was a lot of good, compelling, interesting dialogue for me in the first hour and 10 minutes. After that, yes. not so much. I thought the film kind of ended a little weak as well. Yeah, that, like exactly. how it yeah. wrapped up. Mm -hmm. For for that last half hour of the movie, I just felt like really frustrated and impatient. I was like, just fucking end. You know, I was like, just get mm -hmm. on with it. Because <laughs> it didn't really feel like anything was progressing from that point. It was just like, oh, just like we've been over this. Like nothing you're saying matters right now. It's just like I stopped caring about everything that was going on and just kind of like tuned everything out. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, I don't know if I, perhaps this movie could have been saved by finding a way to end it at the hour and 15 minute mark instead of taking an hour and 46 minutes. It's like you could have trimmed down this movie by half an hour and it probably would have been much better. And especially if it just had a better ending in general, mm -hmm. it was, it felt like a really stupid ending. It was. Just, I. I literally said, "Ah, oh, fuck off." <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt. I didn't yeah. say it. It's. It's hard for me to control. <laughs> it's why I didn't watch the Lion King in theaters. For the Lion most King part, I liked the dialogue. There was some of the of the dialogue. That's obviously the main character's a writer director. That felt mm -hmm. like the ramblings of the director writer of this film, Sam yes. Levinson. But there are a lot of great movies that do that too. Yeah, yeah, but this one is just like, you know, uh huh. It's a bit more subtle. Yeah, this one's like he's talking about the critics, White Lady from New York Times, Mill Gaze. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> he's just, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> well, but I mean, like, yeah, the character is like a writer, director, and obviously, yes, that's like the Sam Levinson in many ways projecting himself onto the characters. But I don't know if we're going to get like really philosophical. It's like there's not a single character that you can write that isn't some sort of projection of some part of yourself. Like, I get mm -hmm. it. I get the criticism. Like, you don't want it to be obvious and blatant. But I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with deciding to do do that. I would be more offended by that if this was his first film and I hadn't seen any evidence that he can do different things. And obviously, like, mm -hmm. even in Euphoria, like, Rue is an extension of himself he you know had issues with drugs in his past and put that onto the character and you know a lot of his experiences are shared with that character um but the character isn't like a writer director sort of thing and i think that that's something that irritates yeah. people a lot is when it's like oh there's this like implied level of pretentious of like condescension of like i know better than you in the character and i think that's what kind of turns people off i don't mm -hmm. think that it's like an inherently bad or incorrect thing to do i guess i i didn't mind what he had to say um i kind of found it amusing what he was saying about like what was that the new york times article or whatever he yeah. read that part was pretty funny i liked that part it was amusing mm -hmm. yeah i see it from his other movie like assassination nation too it feels like the same director that movie's like about yeah, that's like, the only one i haven't seen diverse cast they yeah. all shoot guns it's about social media it looks stupid you know? The taglines so you asked for in America, <laughs> you know, it's so, yeah. so it's that kind of movie. And this is like the same director. I'm like, oh, okay. So he's kind of putting that same. Um, I just want more subtlety. Mm -hmm. That's all. I I understand this is his shtick. Sure, and, yeah, uh, that's great. I just want more subtlety. That because uh, I I really there were points in the film that I really liked it. Um, even if I didn't like the characters, I thought it was 
well shot and like interesting and good use of uh, i think score music i like the I opening like the music a lot, of the film yeah. a lot yeah where it's like john david washington just kind of walking around his house and mm-hmm. you know he's celebrating dancing to the music i thought all that was yeah. really well done biting her butt yeah, yeah that was good <laughs> mac and cheese biting Zendaya's butt. the Title mac and drop. cheese thing was funny <laughs> yeah and then when he starts when he starts eating the mac and cheese and like continuing oh, the argument yeah like you're actually delusional. <laughs> He's like, you know, chomping down. Mm-hmm. That was actually really funny. I enjoyed that. You part. Going back for another bowl? Are you seriously arguing with me? Or you have mac and cheese? Like, there's parts <laughs> of this that I really like. There's tons of dialogue in this that I thought was like not just relatable, but like just well written. I lo- I love the line uh, when they say like SPF fifty brigade instead of just white people. I love that. That's like such a clever, <laughs> funny way of using that in your dialogue and. I do think that Sam Sam Levinson is a really good writer, and I love 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 Euphoria, and really impressed with like the two new non season kind of like bonus episode things that are such so much more like restrained and held back and like less flashy and just more like dialogue focused. Like those hour long episodes of Euphoria, those like two new ones that are like after season one, but like yeah, not technically yeah, in a season. Yeah, they're so good, but like. Those are essentially the same format. They're just like two-person conversations the entire episode. But it works so much better in those. Maybe because like, A, there's a wealth of information about these characters and context before we get there. And the conversations feel so much more justified. And it feels like by the end of the episode, things have been, you know, progressing. Like there's like the conversation itself was necessary. But also just because, like, I don't know, it's like an hour long. You're not trying to force it out into, like, an hour and 45 minutes. I feel like that's one of the biggest issues with this film is that it's, like, a feature-length movie by quite a bit. <laughs> and it definitely did not need to be. And so it's just, just I just got impatient by the end of it. I got impatient and frustrated. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, like, when you cast Zendaya in a movie and put it on Netflix... And I guess to some extent, John David Washington, but more so Zendaya. You're kind of asking for the same audience reception as Darren Aronofsky putting Jennifer Lawrence in his film Mother. You know, <laughs> like you're kind of you're kind of asking for people to hate it if you're doing a fucking art piece movie and you're doing the black and white and it's just two people talking. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that's not. I don't know if that's necessarily the same crowd. Well, it's a bit like with Marriage Story too, where exactly. just having those actors just broadens the audience, so the people who are going to see it usually wouldn't yeah. bother with those kind of art movies. Yeah, I, I there were there were many points during Malcolm and Marie where I was thinking, "Damn, I wish I was watching Marriage Story," especially near the end. Right, that got uh, really accentuated as the film went on. Um, <laughs> I wish I was watching Before Midnight. That's what I thought. Yeah. We should uh, talk about the trilogy someday. Yeah, that's a good yeah. trilogy. It's a great trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. Love the music and. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty much. You uh, gotta check this out, Alex. <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was kind of waiting for your conversation to decide whether I should check this out or you not. Just shut it off at hour and fifteen minute mark. <laughs> yeah, I might actually do that because I do like Euphoria a lot. Mm-hmm. But it, I, seeing the premise and how long it is. That's really what put me off, kind of jumping mm-hmm. in earlier, but yeah, 
Yeah, maybe just, just watch it. If you get bored with it, just go to sleep. And yeah, skip to the when it gets interesting again. End of the movie, and then say "ah oh, fuck off," whether in your mm. head or out loud, and then <laughs> be done with it. <laughs> What's weird That's is like I feel like my emotional experience watching the film, talking about it. I feel like I'm being a bit more charitable than you, Ralph. But I feel like my ratings lower. I gave it a five out of ten. You said six, as in three stars out of five. Yeah, I gave it three out of five yeah. or six out of ten. Yeah. I'm comfortable okay. with my 5 out of 10. I think that's about right. <laughs> Somebody who fucking watched my Prisoners of the Ghostland review commented saying, you gave this pretentious piece of shit a 5 and Prisoners of the Ghostland a 4? I'm so convinced that this person still hasn't seen the movie, but like, <laughs> there are so <laughs> many people not, that yeah. are like, they treat Malcolm and Marie as though it like killed their dog or something. Like, I don't understand why people are angry about it. Like, I get not liking a movie. I get being like, oh, this is boring. I was frustrated by it. You know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm like that way with The Lion King 2019. But it, I, I can fill up a four hour video justifying it, at least. I don't know if these people can with Malcolm <laughs> and Marie. It was a movie. And I guess it's time to talk about uh, <laughs> Alex's uh, time, is it? Recommendation. Oh, it's <laughs> it's time. Uh, Spoiler discussion for Bahubali, the beginning. Yes. Spoilers for Bahubali, the beginning. The 2015 film directed by S.S. Rajamuli. By a boat? <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yeah, I guess that... Uh, yeah, that didn't twig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I've actually been dreading trying to explain what the plot of this movie is. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> that? That's that's. Fun. It's definitely my fault. I wasn't. I wasn't anticipating. This was a bit of an experiment for me. I'm not. I'm not that familiar with um, Bollywood and the kind of films that come out here. But I did stumble across this alluring film. Yeah, Bahu Bollywood. Uh, Bahu Bali, the beginning. Seeing that poster with the hand erupting out of the water, holding the baby. Something about that imagery had me interested. So. I I, I mm -hmm. got involved, started looking around, saw it's a, a two-part epic based on like ancient India and a bunch of different kind of mythic inspirations. And it's this uh, action, love story, drama, epic, where the first couple hours are building up the main character and his brother, and then the last hour is like a big fight. And in, inter mm -hmm. interspersed between these these scenes of character development are random dance numbers and singing and a lot of uh corny over the top craziness um <laughs> yeah it's uh it's nearly three hours long and i wasn't sure how much of that was due to the kind of bollywoodisms or not and, and yeah i was i was kind of hoping they were gonna break out of that that restriction for this movie and have it be more of a, <laughs> a standard epic but of course okay so leave me to expect um i've um I, but I, I was, I don't know. I don't think every movie that comes out of India is considered Bollywood, though. I don't think this is a Bollywood movie. Um, well, yeah, this is what is so confusing about all of this. Like, if you go on Netflix and search Bahubali, there are like 20 results that come up. Yeah. There's all these different versions. It was yeah. shot in two different versions. I watched the Tamil version. Okay. I don't know what guys you went with. Um, <laughs> it's a whole. A whole story <laughs> to get into that. <laughs> it's a rabbit hole in, in and of itself before you can even get into the movie. Yeah. Uh, so the, there's just so many different dubs. And some of them are like <laughs> different lengths. So that's weird. 
Um, I didn't understand. Yeah, one was nearly two hours, and the yeah. other one's like three hours. Anyway, one of my commenters in Twitch chat, uh, I guess, led me astray into thinking that I had to watch the Telugu version, even though the Tamil version is probably the most, like, OG or something. Because, like, apparently it was filmed in Tamil and Telugu simultaneously. So no matter which version of the two you're watching, some characters are going to be dubbed and some aren't. (laughs) So, like... So like the people oh. at the beginning of the movie are like Tamil and then the main character is like Telugu but the real OG version is Tamil anyway. Um and I guess just like Indian film culture just doesn't give a shit about things being dubbed as much. Like it's just like a thing that nobody cares about and that's fine. Um I find it a, a bit distracting, but I guess I was reading the subtitles the whole time anyway, so it didn't really fucking matter. Uh yeah, the Telugu version was very, very hard to find. Uh wound up watching the uh, Tamil version. And by that point, I didn't give a shit anyway. I could have watched any <laughs> of the versions because I was just so frustrated with having to put in so much of an effort to even start watching the movie in the first place. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, as of 2015, it was one of the most expensive movies to come out of India. With a budget of roughly twenty million, how 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 do you guys think that that twenty million was kind of spent on the movie? Because I didn't look up a budget before watching it, so I was okay. I was quite curious, knowing that it's like a big epic with these huge fight scenes and stuff. It looks pretty <laughs> epic for twenty yeah, million dollar movie. I, I would yeah, give it to that. them, man. They they managed to do something with that with the just the. <laughs> The, the size <laughs> and scale of the movie the is, is ridiculous. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so like bloated in terms of just how much stuff that's in there. Yeah, when you do get to the action, it's like, oh, this is actually kind of, kind of a payoff, kind of fun. I, uh, I like the uh, handheld like sword fighting stuff and just the choreography of it. I, I really enjoyed that side of it. They're so like hyper. I don't know, hyper masculine, and then there's these like love scenes like early on. They're like fucking so stupid. Well, <laughs> like yeah, he's the... making love to the woman. Or... It's like, <laughs> oh my god, this is it's so. Yeah, uh... you quickly learn that just randomly, like a bunch mm-hmm. of women are gonna appear and then start singing. Like the my favorite one from this movie is where they're like celebrating after some kind of win, and then this. <laughs> This like coiled up rope comes down, and then the coil falls, and there are like three women that were underneath the coiled rope, and then they just start singing and dancing. And that was like, my favorite dance choreography in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it was the agreed. Rope choreography. Yeah. It was the most interesting. <laughs> I thought the effects were all right, like for considering, especially that budget. I thought it looked pretty good for the budget. Yeah, it's great. I don't think yeah. they look great though. For the budget, it's for, yeah, for how Bollywood much is in the movie either. for twenty million. It's like okay, I gotta yeah give him some credit here. <laughs> yeah, definitely, very ambitious film. Yeah, uh, it's a lot. There's a lot to dissect, and I don't know. I I, I had a hard time following it, <laughs> but I, I watched the Timil version. There's like I think like four versions on Netflix, mm-hmm. but they're easy yeah. to access. It's like you know two hours and forty minutes. Which one did you watch, Adam? The the Timil one or the? I think we all watched Timil. You did. Um, okay. okay, so so there was a version on. So I watched the Tamil Netflix version. In my attempt to find the Telugu version, I was directed to a YouTube like that said 
that it was the Telugu version. It also said it was in 4K, but it was just 720p. And then the title yeah, card so at the beginning, too. which I guess is a requirement for all movies in India by uh, the government, uh, the title card thing at the beginning certification literally said <laughs> that it was the Hindi dub. And I'm like, okay, I guess they lied about that too in this fucking YouTube title. <laughs> I watched the first 48 minutes of the Tamil version and then decided that there's no fucking way I could continue watching the movie unless it was in two times speed. So then I watched from that point on <laughs> in the Hindi version, but claimed to be the Telugu version, but I think was actually the Hindi version. And it was so much better in two times speed. It, like it saved, it saved the movie for me. Like it was, I was actually engaged <laughs> in it. I was paying attention. It was fun. It was like unique and interesting. It was like, um, you know how when we had to watch the prequels, I turned on the fucking described video for the <laughs> yeah, visually yeah. It was one of those where it's like, I got to do this or else I'm like, like, I'm I'm not paying attention anyway. Like, I can't. This is the only way okay. I can watch the movie. <laughs> and I'm not just going to stop watching the movie. It's for the podcast. So I had to I had to MacGyver my way into finishing it, basically. But it was a very <laughs> yeah, it was an improved yeah. experience. I watched the uh, the 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 ideal version the superior two times yeah. speed YouTube version. So, so Tamil version, like all these different versions is just like, it's is the dub is different and that's it. Or they like, like 20 the minutes movie. of footage. Apparently. Yeah. They're <laughs> like re-editing the movie too, for these different, like, I don't even understand what they're doing. Cause the English one is super, it's the shortest one. They probably it's think it's an international cut or something. Short I don't attention know. span. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's the no yeah, singing version, strange. maybe. I don't know. Did you guys watch the second one? Nope. <laughs> no, I didn't jump into uh, part two. Did you? Really? I, did, I skipped through it. I skipped through no, parts. No. Okay. Oh, you did. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I, I was wondering if, if one of you was. The same yeah, kind of there level. are points in this movie I nodded off and I just didn't even pay attention. Oh, you should have watched the <laughs> the, the good version. So... You should have watched the two times speed um, version. I might watch the sequel on two times. Oh, dude, it's so much better. Trust me, the action scenes are so much more fun. Oh, <laughs> everything about it. If you can like read subtitles fast, like I can, um, then it's just mm -hmm. fucking do it. It's just it's legitimately just so much better. As soon as I started watching them, I'm like, I can't believe I honestly tried to watch this movie in one time speed because that is just clearly <laughs> the wrong version of the movie. <laughs> yeah, for I me, I was, was good I was quite confused by yeah. the um, sort of the story structure because uh -huh. I, I wanted to obviously love this movie, but I wasn't finding anything to really get too attached to or interested in until the last hour where they kind of establish the, the an enemy force and then like a a strategy of how they're going to fight them and that's like something going on and then you have Bahu Bali's like brother like trying to betray him with the the rope and him like jumping off the cliff and trusting him to to hold him and, and yank him back up um just as they start putting that stuff out then the movie ends so you you spend like 2 hours like flailing just doing this like seemingly random stuff or just like so much of the film for me was just spent trying to figure out like how how much of this is is like in, intentionally corny you know him like sneaking underwater and like tattooing the woman when she doesn't notice and stuff there's those are weird little quirks and details that like <laughs> I, I don't really know how to interpret because 
like this is a universe where they do just randomly start dancing and singing and the way they celebrate things is just inherently different the culture is different so figuring that out is <laughs> it's half fun half frustrating depending on what you get out of it because I, I was watching this with someone who was just loving the, uh, the the color and motion of it but i don't know how far that can take it when it is so bloody long Mm-hmm. The, the the story's kind of all over the place for what I'm looking for is a, a westerner in my stories. Yep. <laughs> it uh, kind of loses its uh, novelty after a bit, especially if you're just not surprised by anything that's in it. And I don't know, my experience is like, yep, this is, uh, this is a movie that came <laughs> from India. You know, I, I didn't feel like I was watching anything new until I started watching the two times speed version. Then I was like, okay, this is like, this is like a legitimately unique experience. So I was able to enjoy it. At the, so at I was, point. I was liking that. I was really enjoying the wacky action. Like I liked mm-hmm. Bahubali coming up with the idea of shooting the, uh, the sheets over the army. Cause they've got these like useless catapults and he like, he outsmarts the army and beats them with his head even though his name like literally means something like the one with strong arms. So like little details like that. I, yeah, I don't know. The, the the action was what kept me going, like when the the villain is like throwing tens of people around the screen and stuff and it, it it's not like Sharknado levels or of you know, that kind of asylum CG that's so bad, so appalling, like what's even the point of commenting on it kind of level. There seemed to be like real passion and for this story, and everyone was so uh, enthusiastic and keen. And Bahubali himself, I mean, that guy was—he really carried it for me. <laughs> he has so much energy, so much charisma. Sorry, I was uh, my my exasperated sigh. I was I was uh, uh, th- there's a uh, there's another Indian movie that I saw parts of called uh, Aluda. A L L U D A space M A J A K A Aluda Majaka, and so I, I was actually just looking up clips of this to talk about another thing in Bahubali was the um, the CGI title at the bottom left corner. Uh, yes, <laughs> to to let people know that animals are not being harmed, and uh, this this other movie I think eighties or nineties I'll have to look up the exact year, but. Uh, who boy, the most uh, <laughs> memorable parts about these movies is that they've—it's really obvious that they just fucking killed a bunch of horses in this movie, and it's really sad. Um, yeah, these are not. These, this is not CGI. <laughs> it's another Indian movie. Oh boy. Oh no. Nineteen ninety-five. Wow, that's not that long ago. Um, yeah, the whole like opening fight scene—it's just like you know, you know, the beginning of. Uh, I guess I won't say. It might be a spoiler. There's like a, another movie I'm thinking of where they use a CGI horse where it's like they like basically clothesline it and trip it. It's just like, well, they're just doing that for real for the movie. So like five horses here. Because if I hadn't seen something like Aluda Majaka or whatever, if I hadn't seen that, my first assumption would be for Bahubali that it was like, oh, like a cultural thing. They respect animals more sort of thing. Or maybe it's just there's been a cultural shift in the past 20 five hmm. years or something i don't know but either way it was pretty funny seeing that title on the screen every uh <laughs> every time there was like a cg animal but not cg other things so like when the horse rode through the uh flaming bales of hay there was no cgi title 
because this the horse wasn't cg but the bales of hay were <laughs> so yeah i was super confused by that yeah like, yeah i can see it cg it's, it's pretty obvious i think friend. it's like if the animal itself is cg but then there were some shots yeah, where yeah. it's like it was there but i'm not even convinced that was the it's it said that for like a shot of just like just a horse's legs as it was like kind of you know just walking to the side a bit and it was like cgi it's like it doesn't look cg and no one's being harmed in this shot anyway that was weird and then you see like i don't know them fucking snowboarding sledding down a fucking gigantic mountain with (laughs) an avalanche and there's like no cgi label it's like i guess this was real i think it's just for the animals i don't know (laughs) yeah it's Movies like this are basically carried by the humor and just the the cultural disconnect and all the stuff that's lost in translation. Because like when you when you follow along with like what some of the songs are, because it's it, it's basically a musical. Um, there are so many mm-hmm. songs that are spliced in the story, and you're watching the subs and reading through the, the actual lyrics of the song, and they they tend to be so vague and broad. I wasn't really sure how it was enhancing the film in any way. I did. I don't know, I maybe need to open my mind more to this kind of loose way of telling stories, but there is some stuff I do like about it. I, I think there is, like, hidden in it, you could edit, like, a pretty entertaining, like, 90-minute movie out of this, I think, easily, and have just hit the beats you'd expect a bit quicker, dilly-dally a bit less, you know, just not... <laughs> It doesn't have to be three hours long. I'm sorry. That's probably my biggest problem with it. Like, uh, it is that you're asking a you lot. You only watched half for... of the whole story. Well, yeah, that's the even more shocking <laughs> thing. And yeah, when I was skipping through um, the second one on Netflix, having a look, and it seemed very similar in terms of the way it's all put together and structured and everything. So I don't really see the 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 runtime thing mm-hmm. just aside from the a lot of movies from india are just quite long it seems to be yeah it's like i don't know different uh cultures of people have different expectations and different things that they want out of movies like the like gigantic movies in china are very different than like something that would be like oh, yeah. super popular in the united yeah. states like um, shaolin soccer and yeah shaolin soccer kung fu hustle right yeah, but those are like really goofy. Like that's the kind of movie that's huge and goes worldwide. I guess yeah. you know it's really internationally successful. Mm-hmm. This movie had a lot of musical numbers, and I don't know. It's not a. It's a, I don't like it's the a musical thing. numbers. It's a thing for India. It's not that's a, like that's what yeah. They I want, know though. it's just a Bollywood thing. I don't find them very memorable or interesting. I don't know. <laughs> that's just my opinion of of all these. <laughs> it's always the least interesting parts, like. And I get, I maybe they're yeah. just trying to make movies for everybody, but it's just like you know, you go from musical numbers to like scenes of comedy to like these really violent action sequences that are fucking really intense. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not completely like sold on the idea that like you can't do something like that, though. I don't think that yeah, I think the idea can. itself is inherently a bad idea. I just I think, think that's that, inherently like, part not... of the Bollywood experience. Yeah, it's just inherently a part of from... that experience. But yeah. Like, yeah. I don't not think that that, that in of itself is like bad. That. I just don't think that like, the movies themselves are super, super well made. But For I thought $20 million, one, dollars, it was I thought this good, one was. But... Yeah, I thought this one looked really good considering yeah. $20 million. I thought yeah, it cost more. That budget. 
Yeah. It's not Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> True. Are there any Indian movies that either of you enjoy? God. I can't say Slumdog Yeah, Millionaire. nothing's really... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because I would like, I would like to get to that point, and apparently, uh, the Apu trilogy on Criterion is supposed to be really great. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah. Good. And I was think, I was like, I kind of wanted to recommend it, but it's like a trilogy, and people were saying like the third one's the best, but you need the context of the first two movies, and it's like, ah, shit, it's kind of a bit oh, of really? a commitment, you know. So mm-hmm. I have them. I'm just like waiting for a good point to. Watch them. Right. Probably would have watched them, them right after Bahu Bali, but there were like three other movies that came out <laughs> on the weekend that I had to watch. So I would actually like to. I was thinking of watching that like in my own time, mm-hmm. getting it. Yeah. But I do, I do kind of want to watch it now. Yeah, yeah. I want to. I want to watch the Apu trilogy as a fuck me. you to Bahu Bali. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fuck you as a as a thank you to Bahu Bali. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, there's a lot of Lord of the Rings in it. It mm-hmm. did seem very uh, inspired by Lord of the Rings. Yeah, or, like, shots at the temple kind of, kind of reminded me of like well, the CGI shots reminded me like the the sweeping shots of like the tower, you know, or like the the orcs. Yeah, there was like similar things like that. The battle scene reminded me of like Battle of the Five Armies. Like the Hobbit, just like the length of it, and like the amount of CGI. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, that that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love it more if it was a bit more self-aware. Like, yeah, it's goofy, and yeah, to some extent, it knows what it is and just doesn't care. But like, I would rather have something that's more of a shit post <laughs> in that sense, instead of something mm-hmm. that's like also trying to be super serious, you know, something that's, that's trying consistent. to hit like every single tone and emotion with the same film. Yeah, I guess that's my frustration because I, yeah, give me the mythic, like epic myth and take it a bit more seriously or trim it down a bit, embrace the silliness yeah, and just have the fun without <laughs> even worrying about the the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Just a short movie. Look up in how general. much it made. Like, was this a hugely successful <laughs> film? Yeah, uh, I think it was probably. Yeah, it became the first South Indian film to gross three billion RS, which is forty-two million dollars worldwide, reaching there in nine days. And okay. Subsequently, oh. grossed four point yeah. one billion RS, so fifty-six million. So it was definitely. And the made second its money. one made even more. Because there's a lot of people. You know, when I searched up the um, Bahubali Bollywood thing to try and see, like, if there's a distinction, there's, like, people online saying, like, Bahubali could never come from Bollywood because it's supposed to be, like, I don't know from what I heard, it's almost like a like a response to Bollywood in some ways, but it's, like, I don't see that much of a distinction in my opinion. I guess maybe I'm just, like, you know, a part of a different culture. I'm not like, yeah, <laughs> super familiar with it. I just um... watched it. I'm like, yep. This is a movie from India. <laughs> That's basically what I got out of it. Really? So you read that some it's like interpreted that way. Well, it's let me like let me bring up my response. Google again. Hold on. I closed the tab. Uh The Indian Express. Uh Bollywood can never make Bahubali. These five reasons explain why. Bahubali 2 has attained the position of India's biggest film, but not only in terms of budget and grandeur, but also in box office. The film has crossed 
Ars 100 crore in India on its opening day. Can Bollywood ever make a film of this standard? Uh, let's see. Let's see if I can get the five reasons. Uh, number one, Bollywood won't spend that amount of money on a franchise. Number two, Bollywood actors cannot give five years of their life to one project. Uh, number three, Bollywood can't, can't have such strong female characters, even in their women-centric films. Number four, Bollywood gives a little less screen time importance to its supporting cast. And number five, Bollywood cannot market the film as massively as Bahubali 2. So, yeah, there are some differences, supposedly, maybe if I were more familiar with, maybe if I was like an expert on all Indian movies, then I those things would have stuck out to me. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. I'm sure people living in India are more familiar uh, with the differences between these things. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe not so much a response to it, but just doing something in a different way that's like apparently really successful, um, kind of breaking the rules a bit is what it seems like. But just, yeah, not not enough. Not in, not in ways that uh, are important to me or that I would have noticed. So it didn't affect my experience, I guess. Yeah, I don't know if it's quite the breakout. Yes, everyone uh, in the, the West will enjoy this movie the same way. <laughs> yeah, film, it's, it's but... not that. Mm-hmm. There were points it looked like a shampoo commercial. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. And I swear the, well, the, the color like the, grading the was quite odd, the way it yeah. was kind of shifting i don't know if that i i was half expecting that to be something that was going over my head like it was like showing different time periods or we're changing the color gradient for a reason um but i, I don't know if that was just missed or something it was like randomly it would be like really cool kind of colors and then shift to being kind of warm and intense i, I don't know what was going on there yeah i don't know it's just the novelty of it just wears off really quickly. I did the opening was funny in ways that I don't know if it was trying to be or not. You know, it's just like save the child as it's like being held up. Like I don't know how much time has passed. She's just a dead body, kind of not really underneath, like holding up this child. And they're like, let's save the baby, and they don't even like think to grab her. Like they see a they see an arm sticking <laughs> out of the fucking water. He just kind of walks over too. That's really weird. She should be yeah, able to just was, stand that up. That was the then. scene. That was so weird. The kind of just yeah, it was after that scene where I just sat back and was like, "I'm just going to let whatever this film has for me just deliver it upon me." Because that's part of the problem. I just don't me. know what the rules or logic are. Yeah, when no, I'm, I, I'm when I I'm don't you. care, you know, when I'm like, there's no point in me asking any kind of questions about this movie in terms of like what it's offering me plot wise or universe wise, you know character wise like i'm not engaged with it because there's it doesn't seem like there's any sort of like rules that it sets for itself it doesn't seem like there's any sort of like expectations that i can have for it or i don't know it just feels like a less engaging experience yeah where it's like shaolin soccer even though it is directed in that kind of exaggerated way there is a kind of through line and a really easy to follow kind of story there. oh yeah much more self-aware that was much a straightforward shorter, comedy much funnier. Too. yeah there was logic within that universe i felt that yeah they followed like the traditional structure of like a i don't know well here's the thing a comedy sport movie there's a distinct I don't difference know what the fuck was going on in this <laughs> there's a distinct difference between yeah. 
intentional comedy goofiness versus so many things that happen in Indian movies where it's like, I can't tell if this is supposed to be for laughs or if this is just completely serious, right? Mm -hmm. Just them grabbing the baby and just don't give a shit about the person's arm holding it up. It didn't seem like that was a joke. It literally just seemed like you're supposed to unironically be like, oh, the baby's important. Let's take the, like, nothing matters sort of thing. Like, yeah. I don't it, know. It, it that's that's me what like prevents Kung me from... <laughs> it was like, it was yeah. like the scene from mm-hmm. Kung Pao, except it was supposed to be serious. So cute. Like, oh my god. Bye-bye. <laughs> and they rolled the baby down the hill. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it was like thing. that. Yeah. It was a movie from India. And I've... <laughs> I've tried many, many, many times. <laughs> and nothing as of yet. But I have, a, I have a Criterion Blu-ray of the Apu trilogy. And I would want nothing more than to love those films. So I will get to those yeah, at some point. just mean when you find that one that connects with you, you're going to be elated. Yeah, I'm really hoping for it. <laughs> 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 I've tried so many. So did you feel this film was empowering? Because <laughs> I didn't feel that way. <laughs> for who? They, they like, said like, what? Bo- 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 Bollywood movies can't have that much female empowerment. Is that what it said? I, in the I mean, I'm. I, it like, wouldn't surprise me if that, that was just comparatively. You know, I guess comparatively. So, like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's a different culture. Yeah, exactly. It's a different culture. Yeah, it's just very yeah, funny. really difficult to evaluate and measure uh-huh. from yeah. a completely detached perspective. Oopsie. Mm-hmm. I wish I had an Indian roommate that could have hopped on. I'm sure we'll get all the Bahubali experts in the comments for this one. Yeah. Hopefully they're not all contradicting each other or something. <laughs> hopefully hopefully you get, we get some solid answers to this. Yeah, give us some history. Please how, do. How do you go about rating a film like this? Uh, two. <laughs> Bahubali out of ten. That's how. Yeah, Good. I don't know how to evaluate it. It's like climax for you. I don't know. know. Two and a half because (laughs) it's it's like fine for what it is. Yeah, there there are definitely moments I do really like. Lots of imagery I remember, lots of action scenes I do remember. But I do think that just watching a supercut of it on YouTube would be the way to do it as opposed superior to version two times speed i'm gonna watch the english one or, or, I, I yeah, might or like adam's one. two times version i might you're, give it a try when you try watching it in two times speed you're gonna be like how did i ever try to watch this in one time speed it's gonna change <laughs> your fucking life so you did that on netflix no so i that's had that's why i had to actually... go to the youtube version uh, okay. And that's a whole other separate conversation because while well, they were talking Netflix about it, it, and then Netflix, you could speed oh, up can this, you the thing like watch yeah. something in two times speed? Yeah. Really? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll try. So they added it. I I heard that there was a conversation about them thinking that they would add it, and then a lot of directors got really butt hurt because they're like complete fascists <laughs> over how people watch. <laughs> oh it. yeah, I remember that yeah. shit. Who was it? Yeah, like Joss Whedon no, or no. somebody? It was like, you're not allowed to watch things in ways that I don't oh, watch them. Sweden. You can't possibly have some sort of reason for wanting to watch something in another way than I do. Fuck off. Dick bag. Yeah. You can't have more oh, yeah, options. Yeah. You can only have one option. I don't remember who yeah, it was. There was a bunch of... Uh, dick bag, not, not you. <laughs> oh, I didn't think... Yeah. And even if you didn't... Yeah, I I, just clarify. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I just opened Dinner for Schmucks on Netflix, and there is a playback speed 
slider. Oh. Doesn't go to two though; it only goes to one point five. You gotta go. You gotta go to two. Netflix. Uh, okay. You gotta update go to it. YouTube then. Yeah, hopefully yeah, on Netflix it doesn't do like a like a higher pitch <laughs> when they do. Because <laughs> I like that YouTube doesn't oh, you can yeah. watch it with the same pitch. You can speed it up to one point five. Yeah. You can't do two times speed. How lame. Get with the times, Netflix. <laughs> I guess that's too much. The two two it's, times speed is too much. It's not too much. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely. absolutely. Is that how people digest media now? We should do four times speed. Okay, well, depending on the type of content, let's say you want to like digest some sort of like political content. Like you want the information, but it's not necessarily about like the artistic experience, right? Let's say it's like a documentary. I don't know. That's a good reason. Let's say it's something that yeah. you don't really like in the first place, and you just kind of want to see how it is. Let's see, say you want to be like, I want to know the gist of Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2, but I don't want to give it the respect <laughs> of a one-time <laughs> speed. Uh -huh. You should be allowed to do that. And yeah, whoever like those directors were okay. that I don't remember who they are, you're fascists for content. I don't <laughs> like you. People should have options. Not less options. Yeah, man. Yeah, right. I guess two and a half star for Bobby <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> so you gave it two and a half out of five. Um. Yeah, I reckon. Sure. I, I like half of it a lot. Really dislike the other half of it. Okay. So yeah, right down the middle. Awesome. All right. I guess it is uh, that, time that's for Bahubali. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was Bahubali. The beginning. Very bizarre. I don't know where I would rank it in a, you know, <laughs> list. What? Yeah, list? that's gonna be difficult. Uh, of like all the movies I've seen in for this. Do you rank yeah, all the movies in a year? Yeah, on I, I, I have to. a oh, um, like a sort like of list. Yeah, this is a chore. <laughs> well, it's not when you like do it every episode. All Bahu right, Bali, the beginning. I guess it's time for some questions. Okay, let's do some questions from yeah. the Sardonicost community. If you want to leave your own questions for us to answer in the future, head over to the subreddit suggestion thread. You can ask us whatever you feel like. The oh show is going to start us off. What's the most problema problematically dated comedy you've ever seen? Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, I watched Norbit the other day. Oh, no. Um, Eddie Murphy dressed as like a, an Asian stereotype guy. And nice. Ooh, there's a lot going on in that movie if you want outdated uh, problematic comedy. I got a really weird answer here. Um, hmm. Louis C.K. released a film called I Love You Daddy uh, that I saw at yeah, TIFF yeah. and then shortly after all that drama uh, <laughs> sexual yeah. uh, harassment Whatever you want to call it, uh, I don't even know how to properly define what he did. Anyway, he's a he's a pervy boy, uh, <laughs> and all that came out. And there were scenes in the movie where like they're just talking about like masturbation, like really blatantly, like oh, over man. the phone, and talking about like masturbating <laughs> yeah. while someone's on the other end of the phone and them not knowing. And then this like weird like kind of like supposed to play on Woody Allen sort of thing of like incestuous like oh no my my daughter and like i'm concerned with her sex life or like i don't even remember the full movie but it was like really quickly after that movie that i was thinking like damn that movie's changed <laughs> like just after yeah. those after that whole thing i didn't even get to see i love you daddy because it came out like 
by the time I could see it, it was after the all that shit happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I'm glad you mentioned release. him because I was I was gonna mention like Woody Allen and like his oh, movies yeah. are kind of dated. There's like Manhattan. I don't know if you call Manhattan a comedy, but there's a whole like subplot in that movie with like a 17 year old. Like, he's yeah. dating him. It's like, oh, fuck. It's just, like, real life. And he's a fucking piece of shit in real life. Mm-hmm. I once quoted on this podcast a movie he wrote, Crimes and Misdemeanors. Not a line he said. Uh, what is it? Uh, it's something about, like, uh, bending is funny, but breaking isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's a piece of shit. I don't I don't like Ooh. Woody Allen. Okay. <laughs> I don't fucking defend yeah. him. Do you like his movies? A, yeah. I like some of his movies. Mm-hmm. He's a he was a decent writer. I think a lot of people like uh, Midnight in Paris or yeah. Blue Jasmine. Yeah, I think yeah, right. I like those. I think Crimes and Misdemeanors is a pretty good movie. Let me think. Just of like a Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski directed a uh, Rosemary's Baby, and I like. Th- I think that's a pretty good movie. I say a lot the of people pianist, think that. The tenants. The mm-hmm. and he's that a fucking can... piece of shit too. He's a repulsion. He's chinatown uh, he's a fucking mm-hmm. genius it sucks that he's a rapist <laughs> a child yeah, rapist, he's a, rapist <laughs> he's a great yeah. director so fuck him but also you know he, he talented director in some ways fuck him watch <laughs> his movies that's art it's gray <laughs> yeah. it's fucking gray it makes you feel sick it's a bit of a gay, gay area <laughs> yeah bit of a male gaze <laughs> yeah call me by your name that's a movie with uh, some male gaze mm-hmm yeah, oh, here's some... Hmm, no, because we're just going to go back to, like, fucking Kevin Spacey answers. I'm trying to think of some, like, legit comedies that were just, like, the jokes were okay back then, but not... Man, I'm, like, and I know I've seen them. I know I've seen them, and I have things in my head. I know that there's tons of, like, really weirdly homophobic, transphobic shit that was just, like... Who knows whether or not it came from like a super hateful place when it was written. But, you know, context at the time, people find either humor or fear in things that they don't understand. And so for a long time, the punchline of a joke can be something as simple as they're gay or they're trans. And that's the joke in of itself, Mm -hmm. you know, because most people, especially at the time, wouldn't know any gay or trans people or wouldn't know that they know any gay or trans people sort of thing. So I don't know if I have a concrete example for that, but it, like, I know that there's a bunch of those that I've seen for sure. Yeah, 90s comedies are good for Ace Ventura. 90s comedies are filled me. with those. Oh, shit! Oh, my God. There was, like, a line... I watched this stupid fucking movie called Hot to Trot starring uh, Bobcat Goldthwait, and he was, like, the... It was the worst, cringiest... Oh, yeah fucking performance ever i hated that movie and the whole the whole movie like the gimmick is like there's a talking horse and it's a racehorse and he bets on it or something and at one point in the movie it caught me off off guard so fucking hard they're at the racetrack and there's the rival evil villain character dweeb or whatever just like i don't know 20 feet away and bobcat goldthwait and the horse are talking to each other um, just like yeah he's fucking lame or whatever and like this movie that I believe has a PG rating and had never had any like sort of explicit like profanity in it whatsoever at that moment the horse just mutters under his breath faggot like he literally just and I was whoa oh, really? it was the weirdest like he could have just said the n-word why don't you like it was just like so weird yeah. that it was like mm-hmm. in that movie and said so casually and so like 
you know, it's just like a product of its time. Like, nobody gave a shit if you said faggot back in the day. By the way, anybody on YouTube, I'm gay. I'm allowed to say that. Sorry. Uh, in case you're wondering, <laughs> I guess I have to say it. Don't demonetize, uh, please. I also thought Breakfast at Tiffany's, there's a there's a character, Mr. Yunioshi. It's like a really, you know, it's like yellow face, I guess. It's like an Asian character. I, that would oh, be right. dated today. Like, it's totally unacceptable. Yeah, there's like... I haven't, uh, I haven't seen Breakfast at Tiffany's. I just heard about it. Yeah, I'm trying to think <laughs> yeah, of like comedies specifically. I, I feel like that's a famous one. What like about what one. about white chicks? What about the fucking Wayans white brothers fine. and it's white funny. chicks? But is it fine because they're white chicks and not just <laughs> chicks in general? <laughs> like how? Have, <laughs> I think we've exhausted the the like, haha! It's funny that one person is playing another gender in a movie, sort of thing. Like that's not really something that sells tickets anymore. I don't know if I can I think of so. an example that isn't like from the early 2000s or previous. Because that was like the whole bit was just like, we're white women. <laughs> mm -hmm. They should make a, they should make a black chick movie. It depends how much of an uproar there is, right? It's just like if people were that upset about white chicks, then there would have been an issue, but they weren't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess we got Laquisha Thunder, recently, people weren't. Didn't we? Laquisha's, yeah, that's fucking awful. But that was a, that like, was Tropic not a movie Thunder, that made money. People seem to be okay with that. Robert Downey Jr. Ah, uh, but the Robert Downey oh. Jr. thing's so good because there's layers, you know. Yeah, he's not doing mm -hmm. blackface. He's playing a character that's doing blackface. So like Quentin uh -huh. Tarantino can write himself into a movie and shout the N word, right? Yeah, there's layers, mm -hmm. like an onion. Yeah, like an ogre. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm, like, pretty anti-censorship. I don't care if, if things are in something or offensive. Like, I'm not going to fucking try to get Bobcat Goldthwait canceled or something. But, yeah, sometimes it's, like, really catches you off guard. And I guess at the end of the day, the most important thing is, like, if you're going to make an offensive joke, just make sure it's funny. You know? If it's funny, mm -hmm. it's okay. <laughs> that's that's pretty much the rule of thumb. <laughs> you know? If there's yeah. if there's no humor in it, then it's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> then then it's just offensive and not an offensive joke. Well, speaking of uh, offensive things, Gordon Morgan's has one. Should swearing even be considered offensive or bad anymore? I'd say ninety nine percent of people cuss normally, and even children start doing it pretty young. Should movies with swear wo words be rated R? Where if the swearing was simply removed, the movie could be PG thirteen or even PG. Uh, that's remember the movie The King's Speech, <laughs> where there was a rated R version that was released, and then they released a PG thirteen version where it was like one scene was slightly altered to have less cursing. Like I think King's Speech is a great example of like a PG thirteen movie that should have been a PG thirteen even with that scene. Because I don't see like right, how that yeah. cursing in that context is offensive. It's, it, I, it's I think not. It's like absurd. <laughs> it's not. It, it's, it's because he's yeah. like trying to. It's it's aiding his stutter. He's saying like fuck, fuck. It's you know. So I don't understand the context of that. Um, we we've discussed before some movies they say fuck once or twice and it's okay if it's in a certain context. If Dwayne Johnson's saying it in a, like a cool context, you get your uh, one. I, I don't. I think cursing's fine. As long as it's not excessive or like at someone, degrading someone else, alienating the audience, you know, like I feel like that's up to the producers and mm -hmm. like that should be worked out with the MPAA or whatever. 
it's you know, just words I, I don't think it's that big of a deal if someone's like saying fuck like a thousand times like at someone and it's like i don't know i i feel like there's a there's a line maybe i don't see it's argued. so weird i just like i don't even think of like curse words just as like bad things i think it's kind of just weird that yeah. we call them curse words anyway because it's like the implication of curse is like something like magical you know it's like ooh, a curse yeah, on yeah. you right but that's how people Demon. treat it they treat these words as if they're magical when in reality it's just like yeah it depends on the intent and it depends on the context right like every i remember i was like visiting my parents once and i was like really into the new uh uh there was the kids see ghost album or whatever and i just started playing it and like i forget which mm-hmm. one of my parents said this but they're like can you like change it to something else i'm like oh yeah there and like i didn't I didn't even know there were N-words in the opening track. Like, I didn't know that that was there, even though I had listened to it so many Mm -hmm. times, because I don't think Mm -hmm. about, like, I don't treat these swear words so differently. Like, obviously, I don't shout the N-word at anybody, but I don't treat, like, swear (laughs) words in of itself as, like, something that's that ruins something or puts it in a different category, like, when we're talking about art specifically, right? Like if I'm if I'm around children, I'm not my vocabulary is going to be different than if I'm around adults. I'm not going to say yeah, a lot of, of swear words. But if we're talking about like art, like I don't, it's so. I just feel like I am an adult. Like why should I? Why would why would I even notice that it's there? Why would I even care that there's a swear word or ten swear words or anything? Like I just, it's literally just something that I don't even register. When Uncut Gems came out, and I think it like broke the record. For how many f words mm-hmm. are in a movie, I found that out after the fact. And I was like, "Whoa! I didn't even I didn't even notice. I had no I had no idea because it's just yeah. like it. I don't even I don't notice. treat them as like these magical like piercing like you're gonna get a fucking spell cast on you and go to hell or something. I don't I don't know what other people think when they hear swear words. I guess, but it just seems wacky uh, to me. Yeah, like. All bets are off in terms of language as soon as you get put into like a, a, a public school or whatever with other people. Like, and from that point, you're, you're just going to hear all kinds of crazy language. So, yeah, I get it for like kids' movies. Um, obviously, filling them full of swear words isn't, isn't necessary. But yeah, after a certain point, it does seem arbitrary and like, okay, you get your one fuck. <laughs> it's just like arbitrary at a certain point. I don't think anything should be rated higher than PG-13 on language alone. I think any fucking 13-year-old that exists can handle the word yeah. fuck as many times as po- they can handle the N-word, they can handle like the F-slur, whatever. Like, if it's literally just words out of context on their own, and it isn't like <laughs> how to build a bomb and create crystal meth and like, here's why the Jews, blah, blah, blah. If it's not that kind of shit, and it's literally just words out of context... Why Why on earth would that be something that a 13-year-old can't handle? That's stupid. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah, so um, we can ignore the sex and violence part and just worry about the language. Yeah, like yeah that's James weird. Bond shoots 100 people. <laughs> that's fine. Though. I think the audience should be taken into account. 
Like, that's my opinion. Maybe yeah, but, a Marvel film. But, it, like, why is the rating system even considered with that? Because the Marvel films, like, they know their audience. I don't, th- I don't think the films would be aided by Iron Man saying fuck a thousand times. Like, oh, <laughs> I don't know, man. So, so they just don't put it in. They don't put any of that in. There's no cursing, and people love the movie. So I don't understand this, like, oh, if we could get a few more fucks in there for a PG-13, that, that would be really cool. It just doesn't matter. Well, it, well yes, it's, ironically, it's not, a really childish way it's to really, view It's really childish. <laughs> No, because oh, I think that the the majority of the issue is not coming from people being like, how do we make our, like, we want to make our PG-13 more explicit to sell things. And sure, that does exist. I think the majority of the issues that come from this sort of distinction are, are like people who have a vision for something. It is R-rated and they're being pressured to edit or change their original vision into something that conforms towards a PG-13 rating so so that it actually makes more money. And if they have producers mm-hmm. or a studio like breathing down their necks about it, like like you should get rid of those like F words or whatever, you know, like they get the thing back from the MPAA that says like, oh, this is an R rating. Sorry. It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I think that's more more of the issue here. Um, yeah. I just don't think, I, I think words that's... out of context on their own should be R rated. PG-13, I understand. R rated? That's stupid. Agreed. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> Cunt's not even offensive okay. in Australia. And fag's oh, not yeah, offensive in the UK. Yeah, um, someone, a Sardonicast listener left like this really long comment about that specifically. I don't know why they were just being like pedantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I won't read it. It's a bit much. <laughs> okay. What was the original question? I like, I don't even know. <laughs> it was, I, I guess, our thoughts on swearing and uh, the ratings board. I mean, I think you covered Yeah, I got the gist of it. The fucking MPAA is like one of the worst organizations when it comes to like ratings there's a reason why there's so much more like prudent and like archaic and like fucking ancient than so many other ratings boards for other countries it's just because (laughs) like everybody should watch the the documentary film called this film is not yet rated it gives a really really good glimpse into like what the hell's going on with the mpaa and why they're so stupid it's ridiculous. They're like they're they're not protecting children. <laughs> they're just like feeding their own no. egos and you know acting as if they're like accomplishing something in the world. It's a synonymous group of people. They, yeah. they, you know, all their they children have their are like list in their of 40s things. Now. They somehow decide like what's acceptable and what isn't. Yeah. They've allowed stupid. a lot of like uh, stupid messages to just get through in like PG thirteen movies. Yeah. Uh, I believe Completely they give movies with with gay people are. Or yeah. something like that. Right? Yeah, single like man was rated R in the United States, PG in Canada. Just for yeah, um, fucking uh, Again, Operation Avalanche was rated R in the United States for like no fucking reason. <laughs> it's just like a couple swear words. I don't feel. Yeah, and they always, yeah. always, yeah. always give so much less credit and credibility to like independent, smaller creators, like people who are you know small directors and if something has like mm-hmm. the label of a studio it's just like oh okay whatever it's pg-13 like they're fine with that you know you throw the exact same scene into some indie director's film they're like nope rated r it's so yeah. stupid it depends how much sway the studio has or the director scorsese's wolf of wall street is a very explicit movie mm-hmm. and i i believe or rumor is he worked a little with the mpaa maybe paid him off a little to like get the R rating instead of an NC-17, and there's a lot of like nudity, like 
drug use and cursing in that movie. So I could I could believe that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's uh that's a very explicit movie, I feel. Yeah, I don't care about nudity, I don't care about drug use, I don't care about swearing. I don't give a shit about that either. Yeah. I just mean in the context of that movie. It's like fucking uh it's a bunch of de- it's a bunch of degenerates. Yeah. Like the worst kind of behavior. <laughs> you know. I would say that's an R movie. Not King's Speech. King's Speech is like about a it's yeah, like an King's inspiring Speech, story. That's so weird to get an R rating. <laughs> that is a weird it's one. so stupid. Um yeah. I think that there are ways to easily address like if anybody's making arguments in favor of uh you know these sort of things being r-rated a lot of these arguments boil down to it's like well people should be able to like know what's in it but it's like that exists whether or not it gets the rpg 13 rating like if you look at the actual classifications for each rating it tells you why things are rated why they are i think that it should be more of a guideline to help people understand what's in the film if they want to know what's in it less than just restricting it you know, I don't like the idea of, you know, a, an organization telling you what art you can and cannot watch. I like the idea of an organization saying what's in the art if people are easily triggered, if people are young and immature or parents don't want their kids seeing whatever. They should be able to have that information to make their own decisions for it. I don't like the whole, you know, legal restriction sort of thing, even if it's just by age. Mm-hmm. It's art. It's information. It's free speech. What the fuck happened, America? Yeah, think right. of the children, I don't... <laughs> uh, think, think of the children. <laughs> question? Next question. Thomas Thomas has a quick one. What do you think of the old trailer? You guys seen this? So funny. Night's new movie? Hilarious. I'm uh, not aware of this. Please, tell me what's old. It's like a 30-second trailer that they aired for the Super Bowl. It's uh, M. Night made is making a new film based off of either a novel or a short story. I don't remember. But even his source material doesn't have that great of reviews, uh, which is an amusing oh. place to start from. And, uh, yeah, it's got uh, Gael Garcia Bernal. It's got uh, some other people who I forget at this moment. Oh, fuck. One of the fucking... One of the Wolf Brothers is in it. The either yeah, Death Note uh, or uh, Hereditary. I forget which one. Alex or Nate. They're interchangeable. One of them's in it. Alex um, Wolf. Alex Wolf is better. Yeah, Alex Wolf's in it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. The uh, basic premise, from what I understand, is a family goes to a beach. And they start aging very rapidly. So, uh, and that's the horror element. Is they're just like they're they're like, what's happening? My two year old is now twenty two. So this is like M Night Synecdoche, New York, basically. So I'm really excited. I'm hyped. Oh, I'm sure it would be just as deep. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Okay, it's gonna be. Do hilarious. people actually watch the Super Bowl just for the trailers or the commercials? Uh, yeah. yeah, the commercials. The, the commercials are a big highlight. Lots of people, yeah. and the halftime really? show. They're on YouTube. So I always wake after, up in the morning after it's happened. Yeah, and I like yeah, look up. Because lots of people are watching the Super Bowl anyway. It's usually a big viewing party. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. it's but great yeah, old ad space. Old. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dumb title. I can't wait. Yeah, no, really old. bad title. I cannot um, wait. I don't think it's as bad as. <sighs> It's not a movie we're talking about this episode, but C is 
movie. Music. Music. I just yeah. think that's such a bad title. It's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is a bad title. Uh, M. Night's movies don't have good titles. I'd say The Happening is not a good title. <laughs> the Happening After Earth. I mean, yeah, they're uh, not good titles and not good movies, most of them. <laughs> yeah, well, at least they're accurate in that way. You're like, oh, I know what I'm getting into. When's it coming out? Fuck. I just want everything to be, like, digital, same day, you know? I know. 23rd <laughs> of July, 2021. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if I want to... We'll see what the numbers of COVID are like. If I want to leave the house for the first time in a year and a half. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm hired. Another question? Folk Jose Titties has one. You guys want to go into this? If given the chance, an unlimited budget and full creative freedom, who do you think would direct the better movie out of these three? Number one, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Number two, Prime Minister Boris Johnson. <laughs> Number three. President Joe Biden. I mean, I don't want, I don't even <laughs> like Justin Trudeau, but he used to be like a drama teacher, and that's where my answer would come from. He's the youngest, he's the most in touch. Um, he's a dumb idiot, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he seems to be the most artistic. He's got plenty of background in costume design, all his blackface, you know, like he could do. He could do quite a bit. Oh, yeah. He's like he's yeah. like a makeup pro. He like the blackface extended to like his hands. I don't know if you noticed that. Like he's committed. Oh really? Yeah. He's like he could do a really good art piece. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, it's definitely not Boris. No one wants to see <laughs> Boris's <laughs> feature, but <laughs> okay. Put it the other way around then. Who is um? Who would you least want to see out of those three for? A project well, like this. I mean the the first question wasn't the most want to see, right? Because that that would be a different answer for me. Then I thought it was who would make the best movie. Because I no, I think right. I would yeah, I would most want to see movie. one of the other two then, because I love cringe, and I want to know I want to know what Boris and Biden would make. I want to know what yeah, okay. they who would do. Who do you think would direct the worst movie then? The worst movie. Boris seems like more of a buffoon. Biden. I, it's so difficult Biden's to tell how much of it is just like his age right now. Like Biden would Biden's probably direct would really like yeah. some, yeah, yeah it would I, be I don't like expect Wonder him to Woman make something entertaining. Like some kind of... <laughs> Boris, I could see him directing something like, like weirdly good, so good, bad director style. Like I could see him directing like some, something between like fateful findings and love on a leash, you know, like some, somewhere in between <laughs> those two movies. I feel like he's like deluded enough. I feel like he's wacky enough and has like enough of a sense of like overinflated self-confidence sort of thing that I I think he could make something really funny. Mm-hmm. I could I could actually imagine him doing a Norbit style where like he plays everyone oh. in the movie. Okay. <laughs> that would be he's awesome. A a, he's a bit of a character, yeah, yeah. Boris, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't think any of them would make good directors. Yeah. <laughs> say Justin Trudeau for his blatant racism. Yeah, he That's would make pick. he Justin Trudeau could make something the most competently, but I probably enjoy the movie the least 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. It would be really I would totally want to see a Boris movie. Pretentious. And not Boris. like a like when I say a movie, yeah, like I don't, don't want to see some <laughs> fucking much propaganda from them. I want to see like the deepest parts of their souls. I want to see, like, I want to see something like what do they love? What do they fear? Where does where does their imagination go when they have like unlimited resources? What kind of universe would they like to to express that came out of their soul? You know, I think I think Boris would be Might the most like interesting. Yeah, All right, last yeah. question. Let's end on this one then for for Ralph from Peach TR thirty three. Hi Ralph, do you still think Walking Dead season two is better than season one? Oh, uh, good question. <laughs> I rewatched season one. I I actually do think season two is just fine. I actually like season two. I like them about the same. You gotta remind me. Season one's like the short season. Yeah, season one like basically wraps thing. up when they leave the facility. They blow it up, and then season two starts. They're on the highway, right? They they get lost and it's like a farm. they get lost for a little. Then they go to the farm. See, then like uh, then like a character dies. It was like a major death. That was, I thought that scene was very powerful. Um, it was like a I don't want to spoil anything for people who haven't seen it. There's like a scene in a barn. Yeah, like, it's that, a classic that. scene from like the yeah, comic. it's a classic yeah. scene. I thought that was really great, and there was a lot of like character wrap up and characters that were interesting, like Shane. And uh, I'm aware, Adam, you you don't think it's a great season? I think it's television. awful. I think it's the worst one. Well, actually, <laughs> I haven't it's seen. Awful. I, I think uh, I think I tapped out. Yeah, somewhere in the first few episodes of season four. It's very like <laughs> but pulp. It's like campy and uh, like light viewing. Definitely seems like stretched out. It's super stretched I, out. I see all season your, one was like a one to one ratio between the issues of the comics and uh-huh. the episodes of the TV show, and then season two was like, let's try to double it with less budget. <laughs> but I don't know. It's such it's such like a standard television thing for that to like most television shows aren't even planned out at all. Or, they've certainly gotten better, but Walking Dead at that time coming out like it was the most popular cable show had this continuing story even if it was so slow paced it's because amc wanted to make money but yeah and they i think people it. stuck with they completely it completely fucked it i think people didn't they didn't care like they just i stuck agree with, with you anyway. people didn't care <laughs> i completely yeah, agree so with that's you. why they did it <laughs> <laughs> they were right that's the worst yeah, part about it like fucking completely yeah. screw over frank darabont completely fucking gut the show make it for uh, like literally they had notes that they gave to the producers they're like can we save money on makeup like can people can people just hear the zombies instead of seeing them? Like that's the shit that they were <laughs> suggesting. And there were so many people wor- working like well below their pay grade that were only there because they were friends with Frank Darabont who they fired like three days after he fucking was promoting the show at Comic-Con. Right. And they knew two mm-hmm. weeks before they treated him like shit. He tried to sue them over it and it didn't work because they're a gigantic corporation. And you know, he obviously signed a contract, which in essence gave up his rights um, the people that defended so Frank bad. Darabont on the show wound up getting axed in ways that were completely inconsistent with the comic book. So, like, what was it? What was the old man's name? Dale or something? He was like, yes, yeah, Dale. I, oh, I yeah, gotta yeah, stand yeah, up yeah. for my Let fucking friend. Yeah. Like, the dude was in the Spoiled mist too. Out. Like, he's yeah. like, all of them were friends with Frank Darabont, and then the people that st- stood up and were actually like, yeah, this is fucking wrong. They just like killed them from the show early in ways that like they weren't hey, supposed the to, according to the comic. Them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, that's that's yeah, they were like, okay, and then mm-hmm. he regretted it after. He should have just stayed with it because everybody else got like long-lasting, promising careers from it, like Stephen Young, yeah, like, uh, you know, etc. But like, mm-hmm. fuck, they. 
it's not just that I'm angry about like what they did to the show. I think that it it, it is objective. Well, not objective. It the what they did to the show, I think, from my experience, is very very clearly something that harmed it in terms of what they were able to put out. I feel like if Frank stayed on and he had the budget that he wanted, I feel like season two would have been much better. It literally just turned into a soap opera with uh, with zombies. Like the zombies <laughs> were barely a lot of there. Drama, yeah. It was so annoying and so slow and the, so the stretched out. The cast is really good, though. I think the cast is like the they introduced a lot of people. Um, Herschel. The drama and was Maggie. so fake. <laughs> you didn't like the zombie in the well. That was but fucking yeah, awful. Was and when you, especially when you think about the fact that if that scene wasn't there. There would literally be no zombies in that entire episode. That's why they put that scene in there because otherwise they were <laughs> oh, yeah. they're literally every, every like oh the zombie they show. Need to throw one scene in. Yeah, we got to yeah, have a zombie a in this episode. Yeah. Let's have there's a zombie in the well. Let's have this fucking like slapsticky three stooges attempt at like Stephen Yun's character trying to like be roped down into the well like as if that they the whole plan's so stupid because they're like, we have to kill the zombie because it's going to infect the water. Like he's been fucking living in the well. Like he's, it's already zombie soup. What are you planning on doing? Like they're trying to yeah. like drag it out. Like we're gonna like carry it yeah. by its neck as if the water isn't infected beforehand. Like and they're we're risking uh, their lives doing this so at the much. same time. It's so stupid and forced, and I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much, and uh, I'm mad. <laughs> Yeah, I don't they like stretch it. it out. You're yeah, right about really, that. Really That's just like a standard American television thing. Yeah, but you like, can't just I'm excuse everything away by saying I'm not even bothered by it though. For me, it's just average. It just becomes average. I'm like, yeah, it's still got a strong it cast. Bad. It still has a lot of other things. I thought season switch, one wasn't um, like great. I thought season one was like season average one fun, is like you know? super short. I like season one a lot yeah. though. They switch out showrunners a lot with Walking Dead. I I believe like if it's if it's not every season, it's like every other season. <laughs> they switch out the showrunner. Uh, yeah. Season three, I believe, has a different one. Season four is a different one. Like, uh, and yeah, the show like too. changes. So I, I will say, like, at least the Frank Darabont thing. It's not like they just got rid of him. They seem to like alternate consistently. I don't know why that is. If it's like a creative decision, it might be a financial decision. But like you said, it Adam, it seems like decision. a lot of decisions they make are about maximizing profits. Yeah, yeah like, it's so sad. Um, so sad. Because yeah, they own I mean, the show the fact completely. That the show is still going. Like, a lot of the main cast is just not in it anymore. Yeah. Because um, they're doing other things. Good for them. Is like, this is the final Yoon's season doing now? Great like, what are they movies. doing? Uh, like, I don't know what they're doing, but I know season Rick is 11, not even there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's about these other characters who they've set up. And I, my brother watches it, so he's constantly telling me, like, they introduce characters, and there's, like, a, basically every kind of demographic of fucking person that could watch a show. There's, like, a character for them, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh-huh. And that and it's funny. It's just funny. Like, you see the programming and the marketing, and uh, I don't know if I would... It, it's it's not for me. It's not something I would watch, because it puts that in front of, like, telling a story. Uh, I don't know how accurate yeah. it is to the comics anymore, even. Um, yeah, I did like the comics, but like the show did waffle so much and just kept changing things. And it got really goofy uh, at the end. Yeah, yeah, and uh, eleven seasons. I mean, do you know anyone that stuck through it the whole time? I got, to, <laughs> I got to like five or four. I got to three or four, like around there. Yeah, it's just one of those things where, you know, like the new Simpsons. It's like when you find someone that actually watches it, it's like. 
holy shit, this is like the white whale or whatever that expression is. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been searching for you all my life. <laughs> like, I wanted to know who was still watching this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should. I should just watch the whole thing. Yeah, I was actually it's thinking really of uh, going through them again and, uh, like, I don't know, maybe doing some commentary stuff on it. It would have I to be like a I feel attention spans are different yeah. now, like, with binge watching and all these new shows out, like Mandalorian. Like, people expect a, a bit of a faster paced kind of television show. Walking Dead is, it's very cable TV. Like, it's week to week, slow, like, character driven. I don't even know if people would, like, respond to it in the same way if it came out today. So I think it's, like, an interesting historical artifact. And even season two. Yeah, like, they uh, so, really have, like, mediocre. you know, the, there, there's a lot that they uh, owe Frank Darabont. <laughs> they do. You yeah. know, it's the most yeah. successful show on their fucking network. He took it the risks. Network, he basically. got people to work under their pay grade for him. He, you know, got the whole thing together. You're fucking welcome, assholes. I hate them so much. <laughs> yeah. Not the same company as AMC Theaters, by the way, if anybody's curious. Two separate companies. Uh-huh. They're both assholes in their own way. <laughs> yeah. Watch my review. I reviewed it. I explained the whole drama behind the fucking scenes. Yeah. All right. I guess. Uh... <laughs> yeah. It was very. Your review is very interesting. Yeah. I learned a lot yeah. about the behind the scenes from that. Thank uh, you. This is my opinion that season two is actually pretty like entertaining. Yeah, that's just fine. watching it without that context. Yeah, mm-hmm. without any of that. All right, I guess that about does it for questions. Uh, and I guess it's time to recommend a film. And I guess it's my turn. Much like Alex, I'm recommending something I haven't seen before, but I think part two, part two, that this one might turn out a bit better. Uh, <laughs> I'm recommending a Taste of Cherry by Abbas Kiarostami, an oh. Iranian director. I think it was the first Iranian film to win the Palme d'Or. I don't know if oh, cool. either of you have seen any of his other films. Uh, there's quite a variety of different things that he's done. Very, very experimental director, although I have no idea if this film is going to be in that range because some of him are some of his films are a bit more straightforward uh what Mm. makes this movie particularly intriguing to me is that uh everybody seems to love it except roger ebert who like absolutely fucking hated it oh weird i'm just gonna Mm. see what what uh what he gave this one star one star i thought he actually gave it zero stars i thought it was like one of those like exception to the rule things but yeah, he honestly <laughs> fucking hates it, and nobody can figure out why, and uh, I am intrigued by that, <laughs> and uh, am looking forward to seeing it. Uh, fantastic director. So yeah, t- if you uh, don't want to be spoiled for Taste of Cherry, 1997, uh, watch it before the next episode of the podcast comes out. These episodes come out every two weeks. Uh, you can listen to the podcast early, as these episodes are edited. Uh, going to sardonicast.com, signing up for premium, $2 a month. Also, patreon.com slash sardonicast. Also, we got merch. Why don't you buy some merch? Have a happy Bahubali. (laughs) Bahubali. Good beginning. I love that. 
Bahubali the Begin. Did you just like the so alliteration? It was like the, the title that really fun. drew you towards that, right? It was just being able to yeah, say Bahubali. Yeah, it was mostly the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I actually so didn't even know that the fucking poster was a baby until today. I thought it was like a whale. I never like looked at a zoomed in version or anything. It's like dark. It's like an outline. I was like, I don't know. I just thought it was like a yeah, regular. Yeah, I can see that. I thought it was like fucking <laughs> free willy. I don't know. All right. Thanks for listening to everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Take Bahu care. Bali. <laughs>